I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him all his friends, watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, any Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I've been began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart, break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections, some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing to protect my position. I'll corner my layer while we out here. Say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the free sky's the limit.
I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh-huh. stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit. God damn. God damn is right, motherfucker. The day is finally here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your 2023 Notorious Heels Podcast Year End Awards. Listen, man, you got all these fucking scrubs. You got all these bums. You got all these misfits. You got all these fucking bums. I think I already said that, but you got these bums in the community. 
doing their year-end awards, man. And they all suck. They all suck. They do. Um, so they, do. they really do. Yes, they really do. Um, you know, picking shitty winners, snubbing things, and hey, you're not gonna make. I get it. You're not gonna make everybody happy with your year-end awards. I'll tell you right now, tonight we're gonna ruffle a lot of feathers, and I'm fucking here for it. Because um, this is one of my favorite shows out of the year. I love me some year-end awards, man. And, um, dude, I'm excited, bro. But, but, I'll tell you what. Next year, I'm thinking, me and Sir K are going to still give mm-hmm. our winners. But next year, I'm thinking, we add a little fan vote for you guys. I think we're going to let you guys so we can actually see the tallies and whatnot and see the numbers. So I think next year for the 2024 year end awards, I think that's finally going to be the year where we open up the voting. Yes. Yes. Um, I only think it's right. I only think it's right. You guys know, we love you guys. We got you. We love what you guys have to say and I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited about it, but, but we'll still give our winners but we are going to include uh we'll we'll include a fan uh the the fan uh the fan vote winner of the category. So Yeah man, we got 14 categories to go over here today with you guys and I am so excited. I'm so excited man. There's been so much work put into this episode as the as as every year as every year, there's a lot of work that goes into these episodes and it is, uh, amazing to see the final product and see the creation. So it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but yeah, man, no much more really needs to be said, man. I guess we can go ahead and hop right into the intro and not waste any more of your guys' time, man. So what is going on, everybody? We are back with yet again, another edition of the Notorious podcast and Another annual edition of the Notorious Heels Podcast Year End Awards. Man, like I said, one of my favorite episodes out of the year, and I'm pumped, bro. I'm pumped. So, so yeah, man, we're back Hell with yeah. another another annual Year End Awards, man. We did... Ooh. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, we did do one in 2020. Damn, so this is the fourth one. This is the fourth That's one. Only the song. Yes, the first one was the Slammies. That was a just uh oh, that was an epic fail of all proportions. Um <laughs> that was an epic fail. But um yes, so this is the fourth iteration of the year end awards, man, the Notorious Hills Podcast Year End Awards. And you know, the reason we do this is to uh do it right. So with that, with that man. Yeah, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know how the show works. Every Monday we are on here live after Monday Night Raw with Notorious Unscripted and every Friday at 4 p.m. Central with the news. And actually, speaking of this past Monday's edition of Unscripted, that is not available on all platforms and it probably never will be. Probably has a lot to do with the fact that the episode's four hours long, but I... It would not, for the life of me, let me upload that episode. So, the preview is available on YouTube. Um, I tried my hand at that for like a solid three to four hours, re-uploading and re-uploading and re-uploading and re-uploading, and it was not fucking, 
not budging with me whatsoever. So I do apologize for that. Mm-hmm. But yes, I didn't. I didn't have that on my bingo card for the year, man. I really didn't. Uh, having a four-hour live stream. Um, so if you guys did watch the preview, I want to thank you guys so much. But it is not available on all platforms, unfortunately, and it probably never will be. Um, I'm going to try again tonight. So just know, if you get that tweet, a miracle happened. But I don't know, man, because I, oh, man, I tried my hand at that for a while, a very, very long time. So, so, um, yes, but. If you guys do want to check us out on all platforms, man, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and if you want to see it first, join us right here live every Monday after Monday Night Raw and every Friday at 4 p.m. Central for the podcast, man. So, um, yeah, man, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Hills Podcast merchandise, you guys can all find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. And in either mine or Circa's social media pages, man, you have all eight of these beautiful designs plus more available on there for you guys, man. You have the Chicago flag design. You got the Young Crown Kings of the IWC, the Biggie inspired design. You got the base logo design, the Riddler inspired IWC's best kept secret design, the Notorious World Order design. That comes in three versions, the Chicago flag version, classic black and white, and the Wolfpack red. You got the Notorious uh, Grand Slam design. You got the Notorious Scratch logo. And the only community that matters, all eight of these beautiful designs, plus more, are available for you guys live on the merch shop. Again, that is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video, man. Also, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know who we are here at the Notorious Seals Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man, Sir K, here. How the hell is it going, man? Going good, man. Going good. Just been uh been chilling out man been a pretty pretty normal wednesday up until now man i mean did the normal stuff and watch dynamite and now unlike any other wednesday i'm here man and i can't wait dude can't wait to get this show get this show running man i can't wait but um, i'm doing good man i'm doing good just uh just waiting for the rest of this month man waiting for rumble all that man cannot wait Yes, happy 2024, guys. Um, what's going on, guys? And like Durante always asks, man, how's life? How's the families? Life's good. The family's good. How is everybody doing in chat and in the replay, man? What about you, man? How are you doing on this new year? Yeah, man, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. We're three days into the year. You know, everything's going, everything's going good, man. I'm a bit under the weather, so... You know, that's something, but not a, not sick, just very bad congestion. Um, if I do say so myself, very God tier nasal congestion, um, right now. So that sucks, but we're here and the show so far seems to be curing, curing your boy. So, so Mm -hmm. other than that, other than that, man, um, other than that, bro, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just, uh, yeah, just chilling, dude, chilling, waiting for, um, yeah, well, well uh, a lot, a, a lot of what I was waiting for culminated up to this day, um, the year-end awards, uh, you know, you guys know it was one of my favorite shows, um, 
And yeah, getting into Royal Rumble season, man. So it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. We got a pretty good episode of AEW Dynamite tonight. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rumble season. It's we're about to be in a fucking WrestleMania season, bro. So I'm pumped. Um, I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped. That's all I gotta say. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, that's not all I have to say. Um. As Durante always asks, I'm good. Family's good. And what about you, Durante? Pops, Logan, Bell, Man Ray, my man. What's going on? Hey, for real, though, I want to thank everybody. I see it in the chat. I see your guys' comments. I want to thank everybody for the compliments on uh, the on how the show looks. Um, thank you guys so much, man. Thank you guys so much. That Those couple comments right there make all of it worth it bro so um yeah man so for real absolutely absolutely always every year every year with this shit i'll be doing it so absolutely um yes yeah Yeah, for real man for real you guys um (sighs) there it is uh but uh, (laughs) uh but yeah man um yeah, for real though, it really makes it all worth it. Uh, you guys make it all worth it, bro. Um, that's it's why we do what we do, just to see those comments, man. So I appreciate. Um, I, I really do appreciate it, man. I really do appreciate it. And you know, every year I'm coming with the heat in terms of year end awards, man. This is this is uh, I I love doing this shit, bro. So as for the awards, so all right, man. Here are your 14 categories we will be going over tonight, man. You have the men's, women's, tag team, faction, show, match, moment, return slash debut, breakout star, letdown, failed run, worst booking decision, career resurgence, and for the special category, this year we decided to do entrance of the year, man. So, here Again, are your 14 categories we will be going over tonight. Most of them have honorable mentions, which we will go over those um, here in just a second, man. But, yeah, so those are your 14 categories that we will be going over tonight. Um, And to start you guys off, to start you guys off, we are going to be talking about the career resurgence of the year. We'll be going over the career resurgence of the year, man. So, was a career resurgence, you may ask? Career resurgence, maybe last year was either bad or it didn't quite go the way said nominee. Uh, it didn't quite go the way it should have, I guess. So, this year, they bounced back. They had a fantastic year. So let's start you guys off with the honorable mentions for. Wow. Okay. Stole my thunder right right in the beginning of the show. Okay. So here are your honorable mentions for career resurgence of the year. We only got two for this category. We got Adam Copeland and EO Sky. So those are your. Two honorable mentions for career resurgence of the year. And now for the nominees for career resurgence of the year, we have Roderick Strong, Trinity, Adam Cole, Damage Control, Christian Cage. 
<laughs> sorry. I, sorry. I didn't think you were that far already. Oscar, Mercedes Monet, Baron Corbin, Tony Storm, and Swerve and Prince Anana. Yeah, man. Bunch of, bunch of career resurging years for all of those individuals. And if you do, I'm going to just throw this out there in the beginning. If you do want the explanation behind why each of them got that spot, those are available on the pre uh, on the preview show for you guys. And with that, my winner for career resurgence of the year goes to none other than Christian Cage, man. Christian Cage. I thought he had a phenomenal career resurging year. And like I said on the preview show, it wasn't necessarily because he had a bad year last year. It was kind of because of the injury that happened to him last year. Um, It was kind of because of the injury that happened to him last year where, you know, he just started his heel run and immediately kind of got the rug swept out from under his feet this year. Like we talked about it on Monday, man. This guy became the TNT champion now twice, actually, twice last year. He put on, uh, he told great stories with with uh, Edge. Um, he put on great matches with Edge. Uh, he had a very good story with Darby Allen. Main evented a pay-per-view with Darby Allen. And that is why, for me, the 2023 career resurgence of the year goes to none other than the father of the year, the patriarchy, Christian Cage, which my runner-up would then go to Swerve and Prince Nana. Um, Prince Nana and Swerve are kind of different cases for me, like I said on Monday, man, but Prince Nana, I could not stand him. Uh, he was the embodiment of ROH invading AEW television for me. Um, and he was just some goofy guy that no nobody nobody cared about. Nobody cared to see him. Just some goofy manager that fucking Tony Khan strung along from one of his ROH factions. Um, trans- uh, or fast forward to this year, this man's arguably one of the best fucking managers in the business. And then with Swerve... Swerve last year had that heel turn in the beginning of the year. This man absolutely sucked. He was running around with the mogul associates or whatever, those two big goofs. And he he absolutely was the embodiment of a 2023 AEW talent. Um, uh, directionless. Um, fast forward to the end of the year. This man's absolute world championship caliber talent. And I, will, and I do think... He will get that in the year 2024. So those are my winners and runner-up for career resurgence of the year. Oh, hell yeah. I love your winners. And I love your runner-up. And I love your winner so much because, well, I got the same one, man. My career resurgence winner of this year, man, also goes to Christian, Christian Cage. Um, so overall, for the same reasons you do, um, it's not one of those that they were bad last year, but that they were so good this year. Whatever they did last year is nothing on what they did this year. You know, he did get injured last year right at the start of his heel run, so that kind of negated anything at that point. But this year, he came back early in the year, man, and he's been killing it ever since. Um, from every free feud, from every promo, promo, every segment, love it all, man. Fucking even 2024, man. He's already starting off hot, man. So, love what he's doing, man. I love the story he's got with 
with Nick. I love the story he's definitely really has with Luchasaurus. I like what they're building up there. And he's just done great, great this year. I would say, at this point, he might be my favorite TNT champ. He might be. He might have topped Darby at this point for my TNT champ, man. And part of his reign technically wasn't even his reign, which is the best fucking part, man. Um, that man was so good. He wasn't even champ, and I count that as the Christian Cage one of the TNT title, man. That's how good that man is. So he has to be in my winner for career resurgence, man, for how phenomenal he is this year, man. And my runner-up is similar in feeling to yours, actually, man. I chose damage control um, for the same reason you uh, chose Swerve Nana, man. Dude, the comparison of damage control this year to last year is like night and day, man. I mean, I used to hate this faction, man. I, I deemed it a failure. At the beginning of this year, I said every fucking Monday night that they should break up. Booking control, jobber control. They had all the fun nick fucking nicknames, man. They were doing horrible. And then this year, they, they built up EO. They gave the rest of them wins. And they actually built a story around this group. And look at them. They're actually great. They're the best, I would say the best part of the um, SmackDown Games division. Oh, yeah. um, is the story that they're building up with damage control. And then eventually turning on Bailey. And I just think it's absolutely phenomenal, man. And um, I really love what they're doing with it. And I love how they changed this group from a group I didn't want to exist anymore. Because I thought it was such a failure. To one, I can't wait for it to not end. Because they're still technically going to be a group just, you know, when they kick Bailey out. But in a good way, man. Because the story is just so good, man. So they are my runner-up for, for career resurgence of the year. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Those are some great, uh, those are, those are, that's a great pick and a great runner up for you as well. And, um, yeah, like Logan says here, man, damage control and their story right now is the best part of the entire women's division in WWE, uh, not even just SmackDown, man. So also want to give a shout out to the homie bell a. For I, I completely skipped over your comment about um, you know, staying up. So it sucks that you can't sleep. I've been there. I, I'm I'm there probably almost every night. I can't sleep either. But um, you know, we always appreciate you being here, man. So forgot to forgot to point that out. Um, so and hey, man, who's who's to say you might have picked a good night to do it, man? Might have picked a good exactly. night to do it. So, um, so yes, those are our winners for career resurgence of the year. Um, mine go to Christian Cage with my runner up being Swerve and Prince Nana. Sir K goes with Christian Cage as well with his runner up being Damage Control. So next, let's talk about the breakout superstar of the year. First, let's go over the honorable mentions, man. We have, uh, the honorable mentions for breakout star of the year go to none other then Jimmy Uso and Kanosuke Takeshita. Those are your honorable mentions for Breakout Superstar of the Year. And here are your list of nominees. So this one is a very hard. This one was very hard. This one was one of the harder ones to do. Um, but here are the list of your 10 nominees, man. Starting off with Trick Williams. 
Braun Breaker, Dominic Mysterio, Swerve Strickland, Jay Uso, Carmelo Hayes, a lot of time this time, LA Knight, Damian Priest, Julia Hart, and EO Sky. Yes, man, and those, that is your list of 10. The, those are your, uh, that is your list of the 10 nominees for Breakout Star of the Year. Also, I just want to point out, speaking of Damian Priest, you know Logan did not, was not aware of the infomercial Priest jokes I used to crack? He wasn't? No. What? I know, he's supposed to be our manager. Isn't this some bullshit? So... you're calling jokes at the time. Oh, dude. Oh, I love fucking making fun of infomercial priests. <laughs> okay, so... With that, man, with that, with that... The... Uh, my winner for 2023 Breakout Star of the Year goes to none other than... The Megastar... L... A night. Yeah. This has got to go to LA night for me, man. This has got to go to LA night. Like I said on Monday, man, in the beginning of the year, all you, all anybody thought of this guy was he's good. He's got potential, but is WWE ever really going to use him? And he gets out of that feud with Bray Wyatt. You know, Vince was kind of back in the mix at that point, so he kind of just faded uh, faded away into obscurity for that kind of little portion of the year. Enter Money in the Bank season, man. This guy was fucking... He was floating around kind of doing nothing, but dude, we get to Money in the Bank season this year. This man was absolutely fucking over as I've ever seen anybody. This man was... So over going into Money in the Bank season. Everybody called it a fluke. Everybody says it wasn't going to last. Everybody said, you know, this guy is just a flavor of the week. You know, everybody liked to call him a flavor of the week. You go into that. They put this man in a battle royal at SummerSlam. Something that's fucking... Something that's almost guaranteed to kill somebody's momentum. And he stayed over through all that bullshit. He lost that, uh... That, um... U.S. title tournament and everybody wanted to see him face Austin Theory. WWE, man, they put so many setbacks on this guy almost to test how over he was. And he passed the test with flying colors. Uh, fast forward all the way to this year, bro. In uh, Crown Jewel, this man main evented a pay-per-view against Roman Reigns. Absolutely uh, cemented his star um, as... Um, being a breakout star of the year, man. So that is why LA Knight gets the breakout star of the year for myself. With the runner-up going to... This one was really hard trying to choose a runner-up. But ultimately, I ended up going with main event Jey Uso. We talked about this a lot when talking about Jey Uso on Monday. I used to cackle mm -hmm. at the nickname main event Jey Uso. I thought he was a joke. I thought he was a joke, man. I thought, who would ever want to see this guy do anything singles? Who who would ever want to see something like that? Put this man, you know, he split from the Usos, gets put on Monday Night Raw. I mean, not. I mean, let's. I mean, let's rewind the clock when he was in a tag team. He fucking main evented WrestleMania this year. Told one of the best stories ever. 
um, in my opinion, uh, with the Sammy and the Bloodline and KO and Cody and all those people involved, told one of the best stories ever. Main evented WrestleMania, um, main evented SummerSlam. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Jay Uso, runner up for Breakout Star of the Year. He, um, he made himself undeniable, bro. He made main event Jay Uso work. Definitely, man. Definitely. And my winner, and winner of actually, I'm the same. But my winner also goes to LA Knight, man. I mean, dog. This man went from being in a modeling agent fucking gimmick last year to, you know, regaining his name LA Knight and whatnot. And then this year starts a feud with Wyatt. Um, he's the breakout of that feud, man. We were saying it at the time, too. He was the breakout star of that feud. He he was the star of that feud, and he was phenomenal. Yep. And then summer hits. We all want him to be Mr. Money in the Bank, and he doesn't win it. Um, and that just, in a way, increased his star power and overness even more because what WWE, even because, you know, it, it was Vince running that shit at the time. What he never understood is when a fan, when fans like somebody and you don't have them win stuff, we're going to like them more, not less. Don't know how he never understood that. Yeah. But, like, if you want us to hate the man, just randomly shove him down our throats crazy and we might not be over, as over. But no, he did the opposite and look at him. Man continued to be over. They put him in battle royals. Still over, man. I mean... He truly is the fucking megastar, man. Um, from being having interactions with Cena, which was absolutely phenomenal, which value, which I don't want, you know, I don't want to do that, man, like that. But you know, Austin Theory had the interactions with Cena this year, and it meant nothing. It felt like nothing. L.A. Knight did, and it felt awesome. It felt phenomenal, and that's just the difference <clears throat> in star power between the two, man. And I just think he absolutely broke out this year. And he, he he's, he's one of the best they got. He's one of the most over they got. And I cannot wait to see his 2024, man. And my runner-up is actually also the same on this one, man. Jey Uso, man. I remember all the jokes that we used to make about Jey Uso. That he was the pit bull of the fucking... The bloodline, man. The rabid dog that would just oh. be sicking on everybody. When he would fucking just hop up and be, he was, um, I'm gonna get him, ooh, sweet. And he made fun of that so fucking much, man. Um, cause I generally thought at the time, like, you know, he, he's a tag team guy through and through. He won't be singles, not with that main event stuff. And then this year, starts that stuff with the bloodline, that's the Sami Zayn stuff, man. And, and as that evolves, I'm like, damn. This man's good. He's he's like the best part of the story, man. Him and him and Sammy are like the ones in the story, and then <clears throat> it builds to the point where he leaves the bloodline phenomenally. Then he gets put on Raw, and he's just absolutely phenomenal, man. He's got a great story. Um, all the enemies he he made while in the bloodline are there. They're out to get him. They want revenge. Um, he's trying to change his ways, man. And it's phenomenal, man. And I'm a true believer in main event Jey Uso at this point, man. And that's that's the whole reason he is my runner-up, man. Because I used to scoff at that idea, man. And now I can't wait for it. So he, he broke out for me, man. He really did. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Those, um, those are great picks. Um, very familiar, um, very familiar picks with myself. And I absolutely agree with you a hundred percent, 100% man. And with that, so those are your winners for breakout star of the year for myself and Sir K with the both of us going with LA Knight as the breakout star of the year with Jay Uso being the runner up for that category. I see what you guys are saying, man. I see a lot of LA Knights. I see a lot of runner ups being Julia Hart. I like that. I like that. I like that for sure. Um, my pop says, what about Switchblade? Switchblade. Uh, Switchblade is a made star, um, but he yeah. just did not happen to have a very good year in our humble, humble opinion. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, man. So those are your winners for us for breakout star of the year. And with that, Next up, we're going to be talking about the failed run of the year. Here are your honorable mentions for that category, man. Here are your honorable mentions for failed run of the year. Uh, starting off with Shinsuke Nakamura, Trish Stratus, Keith Lee, the Jericho Appreciation Society, the House of Black, and the Elite. Those are your six honorable mentions for failed run of the year. And here are the 10 nominees for failed run of the year. Starting off with Andrade El Idolo, Bullet Club Gold, Wardlow, Austin Theory, Karrion Cross, Noshke Tikesna, Jack Perry, Powerhouse Hobbs, The Outcast, and Miro. Yeah, Ooh. Fuck. Love, love getting into the negative ones. Love getting into the negative ones. Well, see, my man Man Ray says it has to be Keith Lee. Well, the reason Keith Lee was on an honorable mention is because they didn't really give him a run to go off of. You know, yeah. um, he's kind of trash from last year too. Yeah, so, Brooklyn, so right. So what we tried to do. For fail or what we you know do for failed run of the year is we uh, try to put the people on the list that were actually put a lot of stock into and it failed tremendously. And speaking of failed, uh, my winner for failed run of the year goes to none other than this was a really hard one, but it goes to Austin Theory, bro. <laughs> When you talk about putting stock into somebody, you're looking at Austin Theory, bro. I mean, this man, Austin Theory, won the Elimination Chamber against uh, six other competitors, which are or with five other competitors, which all five of them I would have rather seen walk into WrestleMania as United States champion. And the fucking cherry on top of the cake with Austin Theory, he had a feud and a match with the GOAT, John <laughs> Cena, for the U.S. Championship at WrestleMania. He beat John Cena at WrestleMania and went on to become Mr. Irrelevant for the rest of the year. And another reason why this run failed so much is because he carried the United States Championship through the summer. 
I couldn't tell you not one fucking thing he did during the summer. All I remember is getting to SummerSlam season. Everybody wanted to see LA Knight beat him. LA Knight lost in the tournament. Shocker. And Austin Theory ended up losing his 300 or 200 or whatever day reign it was to fucking Rey Mysterio. Elevated nobody, not even himself. What an, and I, and I want to reiterate, I think Austin Theory has a lot of potential. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying the run he went on this year was an absolute failure of all failures. And what they did wrong with Austin Theory, and I fucking knew they would do it, and I told them not to do it. When they first turned him heel, he had some aggression behind him. And I said, when that happened, if you turn him back to cocky Austin Theory, it's going to fall flat. That's exactly what they did, and it fell flat. I was right. I was right. I was fucking right. With my runner-up going to Jack Perry. Why was this a failed run, you may ask? Why? It was a failed run because Jungle Boy still had gas in the tank. Jungle Boy still had some, like I said, he still had some gas in the tank. There was still more for Jungle Boy to do. There was still more struggle for him to go through. He had a match with uh, Doki, Dookie, we were there for, crowd booed the shit out of him, and ever since then everybody was like, oh, Jungle Boy looked pissed at the audience, they gotta turn him heel, so what does that fucking money mark Tony Khan go and do? He turns him heel uh, later that week at Forbidden Door, and he has him turn heel on Hook. And the big quest for gold storyline that Jack Perry should have went on culminated with an FTW championship win. The most irrelevant of irrelevant championships. He would go on to carry that, absolutely lose all momentum in the process, fight CM Punk, get choked out, and absolutely um, ravaged by Chicago Phil backstage at All In, and we haven't seen him since. What a dud. What a way to lose all momentum. What a failed run for both of these guys. So, my runner-up, or my winner, Austin Theory, with the runner-up going to Jack Perry. I love your winner and runner-up, man. My winner is someone who Tony Khan took a shit up on, booking-wise, man. I had to give it to fucking Takeshna, man. I mean, how do you go from a breakout star to, like, three months later... Being in failed run. That is a legendary fail of a run, man. I mean, mm. he was being cra- He was doing crazy matches. Were phenomenal. He got signed. It was phenomenal. He was beating Kenny Omega. Everyone was talking about to catch the man. This guy's the future. This guy's this. This guy's that. So what do they do? They put this man with Don Callis. Now I like Don Callis. I really do. I like him more than Twitter does. Um, I'm like, okay, he's got a mouthpiece. Don Callis is good at that. Let's see where this goes. And Tony Khan does a classic Tony Khan and not only adds fucking three, four other people to that same group that became a group, 
But we just rarely seem to, to, to catch enough on that point. To, to the point of complete irrelevancy. Until literally the last like two weeks of 2023. <laughs> where we started to see this man again. It was horrible in terms of rise to absolute fall. Because we didn't even fucking see the guy man. Um, So much potential like Logan said in the comments man. He should have had world title matches. Um, he should have had a mid-card title this year, man, and he didn't, and that was a big fail from Tony Khan, man. Um, hopefully 2024 is better on this, man. I think it will. I actually am excited for Monday to talk about that for tonight, man. Looks a little promising for this man, but knowing Tony Khan, I'm not going to get my hopes up, man, because he is my winner for failed run of the year, man. And my runner-up for failed run of the year is... The L's themselves. The outcast. Dog. They, the earlier half of this year, that AEW Women's Division was actually interesting and intriguing. And I had, I thought it was like, I thought it was going, man. You had fucking, you had all those Brit and Jamie Hader teases. Jamie was champ. It was going well, man. Then they got Soraya. And I was like, okay. Look at this, man. They're building themselves up. Look at what they got going here, man. And then... And then... They started the group. The Outcasts. A bunch of fucking... Early 2000s... Mean girls... Who are fucking walking around. Hmm? Oh, I said he No. Fucking walking around. Fucking putting L's on their forehead like it's fucking High School Musical. Spray painting L's on everything, people included, and just fucking stinking up the place, man. I mean, the the name was lame. Um, what were we calling them at first? The freelancers. <laughs> freelancers, baby. Yeah. Um, they were like it was just a horrible ass group, and they built this this the whole summer of that women's division around. These AEW invaders and the AEW original women, and they literally just not just didn't do it. Um, they just gave up on it. Tony fucking just up and left the group all randomly. Um, to, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know it was still going on until tonight. If anything, um, Outcast completely killed their women's division this year. That makes a Soraya. Not only her being the world champ, but her just... <sighs> I had so much hope when she came in, but man, that shit is not... It might have been more valuable to keep her away, man. At this point, fucking trap Ruby in another fucking purgatory over here. And I am so glad that Tony Storm was able to escape this group. Because yeah. they were my runner-up for fail during the year, man. So, that was my winner and runner-up to Keshna Outcast, man. Horrible, horrible to see yes they did have some drastic 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 downfalls and now it seems that they've replaced tony storm with harley cameron <laughs> holy shit oh man um yeah those are great picks bro those are great picks for failed run and the runner-up for failed run of the year and um yeah wow horrible 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 years for them um so, yeah, man, those, uh, so again, my winner 
Fourth failed run of the year goes to Austin Theory with the runner-up being Jack Perry, and Serkaz goes to Kanosuke Takeshita and the Outcast for his runner-up, man. So, yeah, man. Yeah, the... I absolutely love Bell's comment. Uh, the daughters of LWO and the Bellas. I, I'm telling you. Yes. And now that you said that, they almost remind me of that Bella faction when fucking WWE had their uh, little um, run with women's factions. It was like mm. Team Bad, Team PCB, and Team Bella. Oh, what a fucking mess. It was horrible, yeah, man. I so, yeah, man, so those are your winners. Uh, mine is case winners for the failed run of the year. Let me see what you guys are saying. Jack Perry. Got a Jack Perry. Um, Jack Perry, Takesta, Theory. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good, Bell. I feel like I knew what you meant. I feel like I knew what you meant. But um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the LWO does throw up the L when they do their when they did their lame ass uh, fucking little hand symbol thing. Oh, horrible. No one did. Unless it was Ray. That shit used to kill me, bro. Oh, dude, it was horrible, bro. Um, so Smack and Ross together over Vega did it, and nobody gave a fuck. Oh, God. Ah, oh, piece of gold, a true piece of gold, a diamond in the rough. That moment. Um, so with the next category, we will be going over. We will be going over the worst booking decision of the year, man. Here are your honorable mentions for worst booking decision of the year. Starting off with the Nia Jax return, the WWE draft, Super Cena Bianca, the Sammy Guevara heel turn the Dragon Gaiden Street Fight, and the CM Punk AEW Return Aftermath. Those are your six honorable mentions for the list. And on to your ten nominees for Worst Booking Decision of the Year. You have the All-In Card and Build, or otherwise known as All Ego, as we like to call it. That ego, that drama-riddled ego fest that is All-In. That also had no build. Sami Zayn, no world title. LA Knight loses money in the bank. Leatherface on Dynamite. And AR Fox out of the embassy. And then AEW Dream Matches over stories. Cody Rhodes loss at WrestleMania 39. The Cody and Brock feud. Theory, US title run. And the Trish and Becky feud. There are your 10 nominees for worst booking decision of the year. And there's a lot of good ones. <sighs> there's a lot of good ones there, man. But this was one of the harder lists to nail down. But once I did nail them down, I had to dip back into the well of something that in the moment truly broke me down to mm -hmm. my very core. Truly Took my heart, just like Cody Rhodes. Heart been broke so many times, I didn't know what to believe. My worst booking decision of the year goes to Sami Zayn, no world title. 
<sighs> so this isn't a worse booking decision because Sami Zayn, you know, is in the mud now. He's still great and he's still he's still getting that world championship eventually, but earlier in the year. And it's not like I knew he was going to I expected him to lose at elimination chamber. I did. But but when Sami Zayn, when it was brought to my, when I finally swallowed the bitter pill and realized that Sami Zayn was not going on to WrestleMania to challenge Roman Reigns on one of the nights for one of, for the Universal title, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. I remember the week of the Royal Rumble, you started hearing chatter around the community about people wanting Sami Zayn to win the Royal Rumble. And I came on here and it, and and I, I, I said it then. You can watch it. It's our Royal Rumble predictions video, our episode of news from early or from last year. Um from last year. Uh I said it then. Sometimes in wrestling, when you feel something as a fan, you feel it. You can't block it out because you know, of whatever reason. You can't block it out. You gotta feel this shit. And I fucking felt it with Sammy. I was behind Sammy. I thought he deserved it. I thought... And hey, I was still down with Cody getting his championship. My idea, originally, was um, Sammy on one of the nights for the Universal title. And Cody on the other night for the WWE title. I thought that made the most sense. Uh, but once I came to the realization that... Sami Zayn was going to be shoehorned out of his storyline with Roman Reigns to start a storyline with the Usos. I was absolutely heartbroken. Uh, I thought this was the year for Sami. I thought he, I thought him and the Bloodline kept uh, or brought WWE back on the map, and I thought he deserved it more than anybody else um, in the company at the time. Um. I really did. And once he didn't get that, I was heartbroken. That doesn't mean he still can't get it. But I'll tell you, in the moment, earlier this year, when I found out that Roman was going to be defending both titles instead of defending them separately, and and I came to the realization that Sammy probably wasn't going to get his moment, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. And the runner-up goes to, for me, A.R. Fox out of the embassy. Bro, to this day, I will never, never forgive Tony Khan for doing this. This was something that was so money, so money. Dude, these guys were fucking, bro, first of all, AR Fox wrestling in a shiesty, the whole match wrestling in a shiesty is something that will absolutely never get old, never, ever, ever get old. And just how well they came off together was so money. And it was just something that was just, it just, it would, it just was meant to be. And this was one of the many times out of the year. This one was the worst one though, where I was genuinely pissed and outraged. Almost how I used to get with WWE back in 18, 17, 19, and 20. Back in those years, 
I was nuclearly upset when they threw this all away for backstage politics, for something that they should have figured out when they hired him. So if you guys don't know, A.R. Fox got kicked out of the Mogul Embassy as a punishment for not telling management he couldn't fly to London for All In. That is shit they should have fucking figured out when they hired him. Complete bullshit, and they ruined such a good act because of it. And now what is A.R. Fox doing? The last thing we've seen him doing was getting squashed to Wardlow. Congratulations, Tony. You left a fuck ton of money on the table, and I'll never fucking forgive you for it. Easily runner-up for worst booking decision of the year for me. Definitely, man. Definitely. I respect those. Respect the hell out of those. My winner for worst booking decision of the year, man. AEW Dream Matches over storylines. And just, just the general idea of the lack of stories this year, man. I mean, so many times throughout the year, man, where it's just, let's put these two people in a match um, because the fans want it. Let's sign this person because they had a good match and Twitter wants me to sign them. Where's this fucking story, man? You've given up on so many stories this year because of egos and because of politics and just because of general incompetence. It ruined so many stories this year. I mean, look at this year. Um, who was the most recent one I can think of? Um, the Andrade in, uh, in House of Black story. You, you're fucking... You have Andrade begin a feud with the House of Black, and he never faces um, Malachi Black in a singles match because the story ended up going to Buddy Murphy. Like, it's just examples like that where it's just, they just do matches every week. Um, that's another thing, Logan. They had a lot of ideas, a lot of starts to good stories, and they just never continued them, man. They just completely gave up on stories for a good chunk of the fucking year, man, where they just didn't, didn't prioritize them. And they would give those little hints of a story or little mentions of a story, and that was enough for Twitter to, to you know, accept the, oh, what do you mean they're not telling stories? They mentioned this little fact in their match. That's the story. That's not a story, man. You got stories like like the one that's continuing in 2024. Hangman, Swerve, that, it's a story, man. That's really cool. That's the shit I want to see. The Uncle and MJF stuff, that's the shit we want to see, man. Not fucking, just look at the images that, that this man put together. I mean, MJF and Kenny Omega. I don't know why that match happened. Because Tony Khan, fucking a week beforehand, realized, oh shit, he's about to beat Kenny's record. With that AEW title. Let me throw them together before it's too late. And instead of planning it out ahead. And planning before that. For several weeks beforehand. To set up a little mini story. For those two. So MJF can beat him. In that you know length of a reign. That's just another example. Look at these other ones man. Kenny and Vikingo. Just random fucking matches. For no reason. Samoa Joe and Keith Lee. <laughs> I can't even, even remember that happening. Oh, you know what? I do. Because it was one of the worst booking decisions of a Dynamite they went with this year. That shit was horrible. Um, just so many instances this year of just doing matches and just not 
enhancing the story, not telling the story, not continuing the long-term story when this is what that company was built on. Really grinding my gears, gears this year, man. And it was just horrible of the booking of AEW, man. Speaking of horrible booking of AEW, man, my runner-up, All Ego, man, All In. I put it in here, man, because it was supposed to be the show of the year, man. It should have been. It should have been CM Punk, Hangman Page, or FT, CMFTR versus the Elite. Some variation of that in a genuine way. Didn't get it because of egos, man. I mean, just the general card as a fucking whole. Um, AR Fox, we just, we, you just mentioned the AR Fox stuff. They couldn't go to Wembley, so that's what they did. Their egos got in the way. As a booker, Tony Khan should have dealt with that months beforehand when you know you're going to an international show. But he didn't. I mean, that card should have been absolutely fucking grand, and it just wasn't. It was one of the most basic AEW pay-per-views I've ever watched, and it shouldn't have been. It should have been 2021 all-out levels of hype and success. And it wasn't to me, man. It really wasn't. I think it failed in that job specifically, man. We didn't get so many matches that we should have got. It was not built up the way it should have been built up. And I don't think the pay-per-view was bad, but it wasn't what it should have been. It was all ego instead of all in, man. And that why that's why it's my runner-up, man. And those are my winner for runner-up. And, well, those are my winner... AEW Dream Matches Over Stories and my runner-up, the all-in or all-ego card and build. Absolutely, man. Those are two fantastic. Those are two fantastic. Um, two fantastic winners. Uh, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, man. So, with uh, again with my winners for worst booking decision of the year, my winner goes to Sami Zayn No World Title with the runner-up being Ar Fox out of the Embassy. And Sir K is going to AEW Dream Matches over stories with his runner-up being the all-in card and build. So, those are your winners for worst booking decision of the year, man. Also, or uh, next up, rather, letdown. Letdown of the year, man. Let's go over the honorable mentions for this category. Here are your honorable mentions for letdown of the year, man. The undisputed title design, the unveiling of the new undisputed WWE Universal Championship, King of the Ring being canceled, no RK-Bro reunion or RK-Bro interaction after the return of Randy Orton because of Matt Riddle being fired, and Jeff Hardy in AEW, man. So those are your honorable mentions for letdown of the year. And here are your list. Of the 10 nominees uh, for Letdown of the Year. First up, man, we got the Raw After WrestleMania No Hurt Business Reunion. AEW Soft Roster Split Ending. The Jack Perry Heel Turn. AEW's Reputation. No CMFTR versus the Elite. The Warlow Return. Sami Zayn getting the tag titles instead of World Title at WrestleMania. CM Punk being fired from AEW and Jay White in AEW. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Those are your 10 nominees for Letdown of the Year. 
Oh, this one, honestly, Oof. out of all the lists, this one was the hardest. This one was the hardest to track down just one um, and then give one to a runner-up. Um, oh, hard. Very, very hard. Um, so with that, my winner for letdown of the year goes to none other. <sighs> Then CM Punk being fired from AEW. CM Punk's run in AEW, man. Oh my God. This was such a letdown. CM Punk in AEW was supposed to be everything that it was supposed to be. <sighs> It was just supposed to be the place for him. AEW was supposed to be the place for him. I thought he was going to be in AEW for years to come. He's always been the anti-WWE guy. Um, and I never really thought WWE would be the place for him. I thought he was going to come into AEW. And I thought that he was going to just be at home. And it was everything but that. It was everything but that. Uh, in terms of what he did on screen... It was perfect. It was perfect for him. Um, but in terms of the stuff backstage, man, every time we would hear a new story about CM Punk, it just as a as a fan of CM Punk, it, it just it, it frustrates you. It frustrates you because you knew what that run could have been. You knew that man could have had one of the most legendary runs in AEW. If they just had some fucking structure in their management. But they didn't. And we got to a point where it was too late. And Tony didn't know what the fuck to do. Punk wanted out. So Tony assembled. Not the Avengers, but the disciplinary committee. Which is about as close to the Avengers as you possibly get. And they fired CM Punk. Tony Khan ultimately made the decision to fire CM Punk and God, like I said, man, this was just, this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be just, uh, this was supposed to be a, a fairy tale ending for CM Punk's career. And the fairy tale ended a lot sooner than uh, I think anybody expected because within two years of signing with AEW, he was fired from the company, and it was such a huge letdown. If you go back to 2021 and just the hype around CM Punk coming into AEW, and like I said, man, just two short years later, which uh, most of it was filled with, a, well, there was a 10-month injury in there and then another two-month injury uh, before the 10-month one. So you're looking at like a year of him out of action. Um so we really only got to see content wise about a full a full calendar year of CM Punk and AEW and he was he was out the door and I know that's what he wanted and uh, I guess for him you know that was the right call but um Tony Khan should have absolutely handled that situation better he should have never let any of that escalate to where it escalated to and 
CM Punk was out of the company, man, before we even knew it. And um, it was a it was a sad thing to see. It was a sad thing to see, like I said, man, because you know, you know what that run could have been. And that run just wasn't didn't didn't turn out how we all wanted it to, man. And it was it was a very it was it was a huge letdown. It was a huge letdown for sure. Never finished the story with MJF. Never even got to tell half of the stories that people wanted him to fucking tell in the first place. So it did suck. But I think for CM Punk it was the best thing, and I think we're seeing that. Um at least so far. Um and my runner up goes to AEW's reputation, man. Yes, that's right. NDA. EW. This man, Tony Khan, instead of fixing problems, just decided to have everybody sign NDAs and keep hush-hush about everything. Um, and, and nothing got fixed. Um, this year, I thought was gonna be a pretty good year for AEW. I did. And what we ended up getting was a year filled with more drama. A year filled with, uh... Tony Khan... Letting people wrestle injured. Tony Khan letting his uh, wrestlers go out there um, on painkillers. Um, it was a fucking mess. You've seen Tony Khan's production fail multiple times over this year. You've seen Tony Khan make an ass out of himself on social media this year. On multiple occasions that really made AEW look like a pissant company. Those are just some of the reasons why, for me, the reputation of AEW, from where they were in 2021, they were the cool company. They were the super indie. They were almost the super NXT black and gold, if you will. You built that all up. And in 2023, a lot of that came crumbling down. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And that is my reason for why AEW's reputation wins my runner-up. And CM Punk being fired from All Elite Wrestling wins my letdown of the year for 2023. Definitely, man. And I have to say, man, my winner, the letdown of the year, man, CM Punk in AEW, I mean, come on. This was this was supposed to be the place. He he built this place with, with the pipe bomb and then it was made. He was friends with the elite for years. They would always talk about their friendship with CM Punk on those fucking BT interview episodes, man. He finally finally comes to CM Punk four. And this is the best part, this is why um, these two go hand in hand so well. He came into AEW full because of their reputation and how they handle things in that backstage environment. Yep. He comes in, man, and it's fire. That man was going crazy on TV. And then a whole bunch of drama happened, man. He was arguing with Hangman. That in that lead led into the big stuff with the Elite, into fighting the Elite, um, coming back this year, man. And then fighting Jack Perry and getting fired, man. I mean, it's just so tragic, man. It's really a case of, you know, the ultimate hothead um, versus the entire roster that were inspired by him are hotheads like him. And it just didn't end well, man. Um, just a bunch of budding heads. 
And this was the place that was supposed to be for people like CM Punk, man. And CM Punk himself. Just, it just didn't work out, man. Too much fights. Too bad of a, of a management structure. It didn't work out. And CM Punk ended up wanting to get fired. And he got fired from AEW. And it's hard to blame him, man. It's hard to blame him. Didn't go well in the end. People were picking fights with him. He was picking fights with people. Um, and it just didn't work out. And it's a, it's a fault of his own and definitely of management, man. And it's just a tragic case because it, it could have been. This, this, was, this was the place for him. He was supposed to be here for years. He was supposed to, you know, truly have an AEW World Title run. All of that. We never got it, man. And that's truly the fucking letdown of the decade, man. Um, and my runner-up is actually the same also, man. It goes hand-in-hand hand with CM Punk stuff. Their reputation, man. I mean, from the CM Punk handling, how they handle that. Um, you had fucking Young Bucks, after this man got fired, doing victory laps. Um, after Collision, the show he made. You had Tony Khan going on Twitter act, making a damn fool of himself on the weekly, man. You had Chris Jericho going on Twitter, making a fool of himself um, on Christmas. You had the horrible production fuck-ups they had this year, man. The horrible booking fuck-ups they had this year. The backstage politics they had this year from AR Fox to to CM Punk to Jack Perry to, um, to just all that. Um, it was just, it was a horrible year, reputation-wise, for AEW. Lost a lot of respect for this company in many ways, especially for Tony Khan. I mean, ignoring the problem, um, people give the give the man criticism, and he would just ignore it and say, well, you guys like the pay-per-views. Um, when this was the company that we thought, oh, just, just speak your opinion, they'll change. Apparently not, man. Apparently not. This was the company we thought were the good guys. You know, they're not going to have any, they're not going to do none of that shit, you know, that we watch in Dark Side of the Ring, man. They're not going to push the wrestlers like that. All this year, man, pushing Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, pushing MJF, um, making people wrestle hurt. It, it's, it's, it's been constant this year, and I lost a lot of respect for AEW and Tony Khan this year. The way they handled everything backstage from the drama to the injuries to television. It just was not a good year for reputation, and I, I lost a lot of respect for AEW this year, man. I really did. That's why that's my runner-up, and CM Punk leaving this company because of said for, uh, reputation um, is my winner for what down of the year. You know, um, I'm glad you mentioned AR Fox, but another another thing I wanted to mention, too, was this was the year... They did their little AEW All Access stunt where they fucking had everybody on the show go out there and fucking verbally uh, bury Thunder Rosa on the show. Um, that was this year. And, um, you know, I talk about this a lot, um, and I'm glad you mentioned it because we were just talking about Air Fox in the last category, but I said it the whole entire year. What In what AEW does AR Fox get punished for the most for 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 not being able to make one show he gets punished mm. and gets his whole act ripped from him and and that's not aew that's not what he yes exactly my point and that is why cm punk 
uh, well, that's why AEW's reputation is my runner-up, and CM Punk being fired from AEW wins my 2023 letdown of the year, and the same for Sir Kay as well. So, with the next category, return slash debut of the year, here are your honorable mentions for return slash debut of the year, with your honorable mentions, going to Jay White from Dynamite April the 5th, Mark Briscoe from Dynamite, January 25th. Johnny Gargano from Monday Night Raw on October the 2nd. And Kota Ibushi from Dynamite, Blood and Guts on July 19th. Those are your honorable mentions for return slash debut of the year. And as for your actual 10 nominees for return of the year, Drew McIntyre from Money in the Bank. CM Punk from Survivor Series, Asuka from the Royal Rumble, Mercedes Monet from Wrestle Kingdom 17, Randy Orton from Survivor Series, Roger Strong, Dynamite 426 Man, Adam Cole, Dynamite, well, the first of the 11th man, Adam Cope, <clears throat> Wrestle Dream, CM Punk on Collision on that. Opening debut episode of Collision and Kari saying at Crown Jewel. Yeah, man. A lot of great returns this year, man. A lot of great returns. And those are your 10 nominees for return and debut of the year. Uh, return slash debut of the year. Yeah, man. Hey, sometimes you got to get into the negative stuff. Sometimes those are the, sometimes, sometimes those, that's where the bread and butter is. Exactly. All right, man. So. With that, with that, my, this one's going to, this, this one's going to really ruffle some feathers, man. This one's really going to shock a lot of people, but my return slash debut of the year goes to none other than CM Punk from Survivor Series. (sighs) Man, where do I even start, bro? Um, so you talk about so without getting into the bias part, and you guys will I mean you guys already know, but if you don't know, you'll find out why this moment is extremely biased for me. Um CM Punk coming back to WWE was always a cool fantasy that everybody thought of anyway. Um but you mix that in with the show being in Chicago, us being there, that mixed with the weekend of seeing Logan and just the amazing weekend that was and the climax that day. If you guys did not watch the Survivor Series review, when we were driving there, everybody in the car was like, we're seeing them. We're seeing CM Punk tonight. But then about halfway through the show, there was doubt casted over all of us. All of us were like, okay, all right. They're probably going to save them for the Rumble. It'll be okay. We're all singing Cody Rhodes theme song as the show's about to go off the air. And we hear the fucking scratch. The double scratch. 
that is the intro to Cult of Fucking Personality. I watch the video back on my phone all the time. I got the picture frame of all of us right here. It was absolutely one of the best weekends of my life, culminated by one of the best wrestling moments I've ever seen live. Um, and just what an amazing weekend. What an outstanding moment. What an outstanding return. What an outstanding return, man. Um, and my runner-up... Uh, yeah, my runner, my runner up goes to none other than CM Punk from Collision on June 17th, the debut episode of Collision. All right, we're getting into another, um, so without the bias part first, um, CM Punk, um, was gone. He was gone from AEW. Um, yes, he was gone from AEW. Um, no, Logan, don't cut the picture. Do not cut the picture. Get It, it will fit. Trust me. Um, so. Yeah, it fits. It's just, it's just a bitch to get in there, man. Yeah, it really it's is. Really slowly. Mine's a little bit, but that's okay. Because I'm not that patient. Mine's not, but it take, it just takes a while. Do not cut the picture. Um, so. So, um, Yes. So CM Punk, we didn't even know if he was going to come back to AEW. We didn't know if he was going to come back to AEW. Um, Dak started his podcast, started vouching for the man to come back. They announced Collision. Collision happened to be the day before Father's Day. So usually, you know, I go to the show with my boys, but... This presented a really a really fun opportunity to go with my pops the day before Father's Day. He's a huge CM Punk guy. I'm obviously a huge CM Punk guy, if you can't tell by what's behind me. Um, I'm a huge CM Punk guy, so, you know, it's kind of just, uh, it was kind of just, um, you know, you know, we're both CM Punk guys, so when the music hit, it was a fucking awesome moment getting to sing Cult of Personality again. And then sitting in the audience for that promo was amazing. As I described it on Monday, it was like that man was coming back into a war zone in AEW. And he was fucking owning it. He was owning it. He came off so cool in that promo. Uh, the, the return of CM Punk to All Elite Wrestling was such an awesome moment. And it was... Uh, like I said, for the sentimental, val- sentimental value of it, I got to spend it with my dad the day before Father's Day, and it was just a really cool moment to share with him. Um, it was fucking awesome, man. So both of these have very, very, very uh, sentimental value for myself, and that is why CM Punk gets both the winner and the runner-up for my return slash debut of the year from Survivor Series and the debut episode of Collision. Hell yeah, man. And my winner for return or debut of the year, man, with 100% bias from my part, CM Punk Survivor Series Warriors, man. I mean, dog. Even without the bias, like you said, it's the CM Punk return to WWE. That's top tier in it fucking self, man. Waited almost 10 years for that moment. And it happened, man. And not only did it happen... We were there, not only for me and you there, our boys were there, our specific boy, Manager Logan, was there with us, 
that was years in the making also. Yes. Everything from that weekend, bro, culminated into that fucking moment. And it was fucking worth it to a goddamn T-Man. I will say this fact. Every time I mention this debut, I damn near twisted my ankle turning over when that fucking music hit, man. I was looking at Cody, not expecting it at that point at all. Well, I was expecting it was going to happen, but not. I thought they were going to, like, end, you know, end Cody's song. You know, tease it, got quiet, hit his thing. Nope. They just hit that shit, bro. I turned around, almost twist my ankle. Goaded moment. Phenomenal moment. And it's about to produce probably the most interesting WrestleMania in decades, man. Um, I'm excited, dude. I was pumped. Um, I was living off that high for like a week, man. Um, still am. And it is just the moment. The return, bro. That was the easily my return of the fucking year. Um, and my runner-up is not CM Punk, personally. <laughs> my runner-up is Adam Cole from Dynamite, the first of the 11th man. I mean, that man was gone for, what, seven, eight months at that point? Yeah. Um, Long-ass injury, man. And... It was pretty shocking, it was, but it was really that promo that he gave when he fucking came back, man, that just was absolutely phenomenal, man, just poured his heart out, talked about almost having to retire, man, talking about all the pain and just suffering he was going through, man, after that injury, and the fact that he came back in the lineup, man, I have really bad news for everybody in the back, because I'm cleared. That shit was absolutely phenomenal, man. And although, after that, he would get into a feud with Boring Cassidy. Um, other than that, I think after that, in the later half of the year, when he started the MJF stuff, it ended up being phenomenal, man. So, I had a pretty solid year. And that debut was just absolutely awesome for me, man. And I just love how heartfelt that was, man. I really, really do, man. But that's my runner-up, and of course, the obvious CM Punk is my winner for Return of the Year, man. Absolutely. You know, I forgot another part of the, the mental hurdle that was the CM Punk return. I was doubting myself in the, like, the middle to end of the show, but then there was mm -hmm. that moment where the War Games match ended and there was still fucking like 15 minutes left on the show. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's when we all kind of started anticipating it. So I forgot to mention that part as well. And then, you know, I put my phone down, but then Logan Logan told me, like, dude, you should probably keep your phone on record. And I was like, oh, sure. I, or I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And then 40 seconds later, man, the fucking music hit. Another thing I remember from that night, I don't know if it, no, it was that night when they played that fucking, that little, you know, promo package for the War Games matches. And they used the fucking speech, the MLK speech. That's the fucking intro. The JFK. The JFK. I think as I know, there's an MLK speech in a song too. I think it's at. I don't know if it's at the end, but I know that it's in there. But the JFK speech, that's in Cult of Personality, bro. That shit was hitting, bro. That shit gave me goosebumps. No, it really did. It really did, man. So. My return slash debut of the year for 2023 go to two. Returns, um, one to WWE, one to AEW that hold very, very sentimental value to me. Um, 
That is CM Punk from Survivor Series and CM Punk from the debut episode of Collision on June the 17th. And Sir Hayes goes to CM Punk from Survivor Series and Adam Cole from Dynamite on January the 11th. So, those are your winners from the both of us for return slash debut of the year. Now moving on to the entrance of the year. Here are your honorable mentions for entrance of the year. As you can see, here are your five uh, honorable mentions for this category, man. You have MJF from Revolution. MJF from Double or Nothing. Blackpool Combat Club from All In. Adam Hangman Page from Revolution. And CM Punk from All In. Moving on to your... 10 nominees for entrance of the year. You have starting off with Dominic Mysterio from WrestleMania 39, the Usos from Money in the Bank, MJF from All In, Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns from WrestleMania 39, Brian Danielson, Forbidden Door, Bad Bunny at Backlash, Swerve Strickland at Full Gear. The guns on the fourth, on four, the fifth dynamite, and Jey Uso at Survivor Series War Games. Yeah, man, these are your ten nominees for entrance of the year. And with that, ah, my winner for entrance of the year goes to none other than. Sami Zayn from the Elimination Chamber, bro. This entrance, I've never watched an entrance that has made me cry until Sami Zayn came out at Elimination Chamber in 2023. Seeing how hype he was and seeing how hype that crowd was it was the fucking perfect storybook ending for Sami Zayn it was it, it was the fucking the 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 underdog finally finally in the main event finally in his hometown in the main event against Roman Reigns bro I love this entrance. This entrance made me tear up seeing that hometown welcome for Sami Zayn. And I loved it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely one of my favorite entrance. Uh, my favorite entrance from 2023. I can rewatch this entrance back all the time. All the time, man. And, you know, this one may have not had the props of a Dominic Mysterio or an MJF entrance. But this entrance, dude, was just just fueled by the, the raw emotion of the crowd, but Sami Zayn as well, man. And that is why it wins my 2023 entrance of the year with my runner-up going to Jay Uso from Survivor Series. This entrance was just fucking lit as fuck. Um, yes, this entrance just went absolutely insane, bro. It, this was... This entrance was so lit, dude. Uh, another one of my favorite videos to go back and watch on my phone from the event uh because again if you guys don't know this one probably includes just a little bit of personal bias from myself because we participated in this entrance 
I've never been a part of an entrance live in a crowd that was more fucking upbeat and as fucking lit as this Jey Uso entrance was, man. This, that's the best word to describe it, bro. This entrance was so fucking lit and it was absolutely my favorite entrance of being at Survivor Series and my runner up for entrance of the year, man. Hell yeah, man. Gotta love it. And your runner-up is my winner, man. My entrance of the year goes to Jey Uso at Survivor Series, man. I mean, it was just so just so incredibly nuts, man. I mean, coming out, yelling that fucking song, <clears throat> doing the hand thing. He's climbing up on the fucking, on the cage. We're all doing it. I was waiting to do that shit for fucking, for like months after that, ever since he started doing that. And we got those Survivor Series tickets. I was like, dude, can't wait to do the fucking Jey Uso thing. Loved it, man. It was like a personal culmination of from, obviously, not being crazy about the Jey Uso single stuff to doing that entrance so excitedly. Being my entrance of the year made it even more my entrance of the year, man. Absolutely phenomenal moment. Um, Love to be a part of it. Personal bias, 100% to the foreground. I love it. Am I runner-up? A little spring of personal bias in there, man, for mainly also experiencing this entrance at All Out. But the Forbidden Door version, just as phenomenal, man. Brian Danielson coming out to the final countdown. I mean, that shit was just heat, man. The whole crowd fucking yelling the final countdown. Um, had that song stuck in my head for like weeks. Um, thought it was absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. I love the vibe. Um, and also the fact that it cost them so much money where they didn't never revealed how much money they spent on that song is legendary in its own right, man. Um, from the words of, I think, TK, it was, um, it was as much as a wrestler contract to use it each time, man. And I think it was worth it, man. Um, so that's my runner-up. And Jey Uso at Survivor Series is my winner. Absolutely, man. Those are two great picks. And... This one was so hard. I loved every entrance that was on here. Um, this this one was a very, very hard category for sure. Um, so, again, my winner for entrance of the year goes to Sami Zayn with the runner-up. Uh, well, Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber with the runner-up going to Jey Uso from Survivor Series. And Sir K's winner of entrance of the year goes to Jey Uso from Survivor Series with his runner-up going to Brian Danielson from Forbidden Door. Next up, moment of the year. Oh, yeah. We're getting into it, man. Here we go. Moment of the year. Here are your honorable mentions for moment of the year. CM, the CM Punk return promo from Collision on June 17th. Jey Uso pins Roman Reigns after, I want to say, 12... 1,294 days being unpinned um, from Money in the Bank. CM Punk's homecoming from Survivor Series, the four-pillar promo from Dynamite on March 15th, the CM Punk SmackDown promo from December the 8th, the Christian Go Fuck Yourself promo from Dynamite October the 4th, EO Cash is in from SummerSlam, The Devil Reveals Himself from AEW World's End, and... The Mogul Embassy with A.R. Fox attack Nick Wayne at the Buddy Wayne Academy from Dynamite August the 2nd. 
Those are your honorable mentions for moment of the year. A lot of great moments this year. A lot of great moments, man. And here are your 10 nominees for moment of the year. The Trial of Roman Reigns from SmackDown, July 7th. The Elites Reunite from Dynamite on May 17th. The first double clothesline from Dynamite on July 19th. Sami Zayn turns on Roman Reigns from the Royal Rumble. Jey Uso turns on Roman Reigns from SmackDown June 16th. Jimmy turns on Roman Reigns, Knight of Champions. The Wyatt and Undertaker moment at Raw 30. The trial of Sami Zayn at Raw 30. Roman Reigns beating Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 39. And Seth and Punk promo from Raw December 11th. Definitely, man. Definitely. So these are your 10 nominees for moment of the year. And my winner, as hard as this was, it was that much more easy for this one. Because my moment of the year, without a fucking shadow of a doubt, goes to none other than Sami Zayn turns on Roman Reigns from the Royal Rumble. Bro, the atmosphere in the living room when we were watching this was in fucking sane bro um dude wwe gave them the last 15 minutes of the show to tell absolute cinema they chained kevin owens up to the top rope roman reigns was going to Hit him with a chair. He was going to smack him right in the fucking face with a chair. As Kevin Owens is fucking laying there like he's dead. With his arms hanging up. This man, Sami Zayn. Just got done proving his final test. That he would be loyal to Roman Reigns. So in Roman Reigns' head, Sami Zayn just proved himself. Sami Zayn just passed the test. Roman kept the belt. Because, you know, the test was for Sami to, you know valet Roman to the ring and you know uh you know help him retain the championship and Roman goes to hit Kevin Owens Sami Zayn lets his uh morality get in the way he steps in the way Roman Reigns laughs at him Roman Reigns laughs at him and he just holds the chair out to have Sami Zayn do it himself Bro, Sammy grabbed the chair. He started crying. Paul Heyman starts making fun of him. Roman Reigns starts fucking muffing Sammy Zayn in the face hard. You know, is this a joke to you? This isn't a joke to me. This is my life. <coughs> Hit him. Pull the trigger. As Roman turns around, he walks forward. Sammy's got the chair in his hands. And he fucking smacks Roman Reigns to... The absolute applause of 50,000 people. I remember I jumped out of my seat when he hit him. He looks right at Jay and all he says is, I'm sorry, man. As he accepted his fate and got the living shit beat out of him by the bloodline. As you can see that beautiful image right under Sir Kay's face 
um, as a part of the collage. What an awesome fucking moment this was. This was the moment of the year. This may even be one of my moments of the decade. This is one of my favorite wrestling moments I've ever watched. Speaking of favorite wrestling moments I've ever watched, about a week beforehand, WWE produced the trial of Sami Zayn from Raw 30. <coughs> the bloodline was unsure if Sami Zayn was loyal to them, and they put him on trial. This was the first tribal court we've seen. Sami Zayn was so fed up with trying to prove his loyalty. Roman uh, Paul Heyman got done turning on Sami Zayn and pretty much exposing the fact that he didn't like Sami Zayn, even though they all were so fake to him for months. He, you know, he gives all his exhibits. Roman asks Sami if he wants to say anything for himself. Sami says, I, I have nothing to say. I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what you want me to say. Roman gets pissed. Roman screams. He calls for Solo. Solo's about to hit that Samoan spike. And this moment is uh just he pulls it back and fucking none other than Jay than Jay Uso. Stops Solo. Jay then starts presenting his exhibits for why Sami Zayn is loyal to the bloodline. He told Sammy, you've taken so many bullets for me and the whole bloodline. You believed in me when I hated you the most. And for that, that makes you family, my dog. He says, raise your, raise your ones in the sky if you want Sammy Zayn to stay in the bloodline. I'll never forget it, bro. Jay puts his one up and fucking Jimmy throws his titles down as Roman just looks at him like what? And fucking Jimmy raises his one to... As Sami Zayn gets found innocent in the trial of Sami Zayn. Two of my absolute... I I don't want to use the 2023 stamp as, um, as a restriction on these two moments. These are two of my favorite wrestling moments ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. These are two of my favorite wrestling moments ever. This shit is the fucking reason why WWE made us feel like kids again in the year 2023 and that is why Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns from the Royal Rumble gets my moment of the year and the trial of Sami Zayn from Raw 30 wins the runner up for the category definitely man definitely and I 100% agree with you because it's the same for me man my winner for moment of the year is the Sami Zayn turn at Royal Rumble on Roman man I mean the emotion in this moment is just insane. I mean, beat the hell out of his best friend because that's what he felt like he had to do and he thought it was done. He cost his best friend the moment of his life and that he thought that was it. And then he wants him to beat, beat him down even fucking more, man. Couldn't do it. And that, the, the camera work to... The look on all their faces from Roman's face to Jay's face to Sammy's face when that moment happened, when he hit him with that chair. I will never fucking forget, man. I mean, the crowd reaction, us reacting live. Loved it, man. Loved it. It was almost damn near a year ago at this point, like two weeks away, two, three weeks away from being a year ago. And I could just picture it in my head completely, man. 
That's how fucking good this goddamn moment was. And it's easily moment of the decade, man. I would say so far. Moment of the fucking decade. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal, man. Um, from the emotion of KO, Roman, the betrayal on Roman's face. It wasn't the first time he got hit in the back of the chair, man. Um, the way he was looking up. Just loved it. And Jey Uso yelling at him, why? And why would you do that? Absolutely phenomenal on all fucking forms in every way. Moment of the of truly of the decade, man. And I have the same runner-up, man. That trial of Sami Zayn segment was absolutely so memorable and phenomenal the way they did it. Um, the way Jimmy and Roman and Heyman were just going at Sami Zayn at his throat, man. Questioning him after questioning him. Um, to know, oh, you don't care, you don't care. And then he sick solo on him, man. And Jay being the one that hated him in that group the most, leading up to that point, being the one to stop Solo by grabbing his hand and putting his case down for why Jay, not Jay, so why Sami Zayn should stay in the group. Absolutely phenomenal. That friendship that was made between those two culminated right there, man. And it was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, man. And I will never forget that either, man. Two of the best moments of this year, man. From the best story of this year, man. No doubt about it. My runner-up and my winner. The Bloodline Sami Zayn storyline. You could say, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like you were saying, dude, these moments are coming up on being almost a year ago. And I remember them like they were yesterday, bro. Um, I remember them like they were yesterday, man. Seeing, uh, and Bell mentions it too. Um, she said she wants Jey Uso to get an Oscar for his performance in that moment. Both of them. Um, oh, yeah. The trial of Sami Zayn, he sold that exponentially. Um, Sami Zayn was crying at the end of that because he was just so amazed by, you know, just being shown love by the Uso brothers. And then, you know, like you were saying, Sirkay, being hated by, by almost hated and, and, um, just given dirty looks by Heyman, Solo, and Roman during the trial of Sami Zayn. And then, dude, when, I'll tell you, bro, when he hit Roman in the back with that chair, the way he looked over at Jay and just said, I'm sorry, he didn't run, he didn't try to fight back, he knew what, he accepted his fate, he chose his path, and his path was that fucking amazing image of him laying with the lay all ripped up like you see you know on um like i said the the image of him with the honorary ooze shirt ripped off of him and and the mm-hmm. the flower petals all around him just laying there dead um as roman reigns while they're beating him up roman reigns is crying yelling at him saying how could you do this to us when Roman gave him every reason in the world to do that to them. Um, it, 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 it could have been a movie. It, it could have been a movie. And when people said cinema after both of these moments, they were absolutely correct. Absolutely. Without a doubt for me and Sir K, the moment of the year goes for Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble with both of our runner ups going to the trial of Sami Zayn from raw 30 
And with the next category, with the next category, man, we have match of the year. Match of the year, man. Here are your honorable mentions for match of the year. Starting off with Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in Tribal Combat from SummerSlam. Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega from Forbidden Door. FTR versus Bullet Club Gold in the two out of three falls match uh, from Collision on July the 15th. The U.S. title Elimination Chamber from Elimination Chamber. MJF versus Adam Cole from All In. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens from the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair from WrestleMania 39 and the Women's War Games match from Survivor Series. Those are your eight honorable mentions for match of the year. And on to the actual list of your 10 nominees for match of the year. Starting off, we have Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 17. Bloodline Civil War from Money in the Bank. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus from WrestleMania 39. Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the Intercont uh, for the Universal Championship from Elimination Chamber and the Texas Death Match from Full Gear Hangman versus Swerve Two. Brian Danielson versus MJF at Revolution. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos at WrestleMania 39. Anarchy in the arena, double or nothing. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 39. Bianca Belair versus Io Sky and Backlash. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So those are your 10 nominees for match of the year. And now we're getting down to the feather rufflers. Here we go. I don't know if this is going to ruffle many feathers, but who gives a shit? Because my match of the year goes to none other than Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship from Elimination Chamber 2023. Bro, this match was my WrestleMania. This match I was so emotionally invested in, which is insane to think about because i knew who was winning i knew they weren't taking the title off of roman at elimination chamber but getting to see Sami Zayn tell the story that he did was just something that was so special i compared the atmosphere of this show and this match to cm punk money in the bank 2011 in chicago everybody remembers that show for the atmosphere Everybody remembers that show um, for the crowd. And everybody remembers that show for the banger that CM that CM Punk and John Cena put on. And it's almost like looking in a mirror when I look at Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber. I This was my WrestleMania. Um, I didn't... Not that I was necessarily against Cody, but Sammy was just the match. Sammy and Roman was the match that we'd built to, and this was the match that I wanted to see. And I was so fucking emotionally invested in the story they told building up to it and the story they told in this match. Uh, They did a tremendous job, and this is a match that I shed tears for when I shed tears in the entrance. Like we just talked about a couple categories ago with the entrance. 
And I shed tears when Sami Zayn was looking at that Montreal crowd absolutely heartbroken because he felt like he let all of them down. Dude, this is beautiful. This is magic. This is why we love professional wrestling for moments and for matches like this. And was this the most acrobatic match out of the year? Did we get fucking shooting star presses and 450s? No. But what we did get in this match was story and raw emotion pulled out mm-hmm. of the hearts of their fan base. That is why this moment wins match or that is why this match wins match of the year for me in the year 2023 and for my runner-up i gotta go with Sami Zayn and kevin owens versus the usos from wrestlemania 39 getting to see Sami Zayn main event to wrestlemania getting to see the usos my favorite wwe tag team of all time getting to main event a fucking wrestlemania was epic you guys remember, You, I know you remember, Man Ray remembers, my heart. My heart was beating during this match because it was a fucking banger of a match. I loved, I loved, I absolutely loved, um, I absolutely loved this match. This was, this was amazing. This was one of the best tag team matches I've ever watched. This is a story that culminated seeing Sami Zayn hit that final halluva kick and hearing Michael Cole shout the bloodline be damned with Sami Zayn just outpouring emotion. You could see him cry, dude, seeing him hug Kevin Owens. I cried when I stood up at the end of this match. I cried. Sami Zayn made me feel like a kid again this year. Sami Zayn and the bloodline and that whole story made me feel like a kid this year. Um, well, you know, WWE as a whole did, but I'll tell you what, man, me and Sir K, especially Sir K, in a lot of ways gave up on WWE over the past five years, six, seven, eight years. Um, you know, we've been watching cause we've been so used to storylines being paid off like shit and nothing goes your way as a fan. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe this wasn't the way I wanted it to go personally, but this was still something great. This was still something great. And this was still something legendary for these guys to do. And this storyline, uh, absolutely made me believe in WWE again, trust in WWE again, and love WWE again. And it is thanks to this story. And again, a lot of the same things with the tag team match, are at play uh, or a lot of the same things from the Roman and Sammy match go into the tag team match. I'm invested in the story, Um, raw emotion, the match being just a banger in general and just me being so emotionally invested in the bloodline in the bloodline collapsing. Little did we know what would happen the next night, but in this moment um, in my head, the bloodline was about to fall. You know, obviously they didn't, but this was so epic. This was such an awesome moment. I cried. Goddamn, Sami Zayn made me cry like a baby this year. Um, I cried for Sami. Um, amazing. I loved it. Amazing matches. Uh, 
capture the hearts of your audience. And that is what WWE did this year. But for me, most specifically with these two matches, and that is why they win match and runner-up of the year. Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns from Elimination Chamber. And the runner-up goes to Sami and KO versus the Usos from WrestleMania 39. Definitely, man. And I agree with you on the match of the year, man. A fact that I didn't die stupidly forgot to mention back that moment of the year that moment at royal rumble man with sammy and roman and you know the whole bloodline thing that is the segment that is the moment that wwe won me back man and this is the match that solidified that shit i mean the emotion sammy thing coming out just the support that that crowd was giving them man and just tears that that man had phenomenal phenomenal man the aura that that fucking roman had as the ultimate villain beautiful man and they had a great ass match man they had a great ass match whole lot of emotion whole lot of moments and it culminated bro and Sami Zayn lost man and although that's you know what i in my mind expected but in my heart i wanted him to win man and it just stunk. It, well, it, no, not stunk. I mean, he's wrong. I'm not talking about AEW here. It just, it hit you, man, in, in a positive way. Where it was like, damn. My favorite person that I, I wanted to win didn't win. And it's good. And it's okay. It sucks. But it's good. And it's okay. And that's another part which made it so great. Sami Zayn lost. I wanted him to win so bad. And he lost. And that was okay. And that's how you know you had a great-ass story. Is when the person you want to win and think should win doesn't win. That's okay. And that was just insane to think about, man. They built that story up for months after months after months. And it paid off genuinely. Is that the match we should have got night one of Mania? In my opinion, yes. But we didn't. And that's okay. We got it at, at the Elimination Chamber. And it ended up being all that better. It was in Sami Zayn's home. And that's where he had his worst moment on television. Where he lost. Where he thought he failed everybody. But he didn't, man. Like he said, like he told McIntyre recently on Raw, man. After that, he took that L, picked his head up, and moved on, man. And that shit is going, man. Truly memorable match to a memorable storyline, man. And I absolutely fell back in love with WWE again after that, man. Absolutely. Truly, man. Truly. And my runner-up is, um, is, is really, is a match in a, in a story, in a feud that I really like, man. My runner-up is Hangman and Swerve at full gear. You guys know me. I'm a self-mutilation mark when it's done right. And that was the embodiment of it, man. And the story was really good. And, that is one thing that AEW was always good at, is having a good reason for those super violent deathmatch-style matches. Because just seeing random clips, uh, clips of deathmatches, I'm just thinking, the fuck are you guys doing? You're in some dude's yard, fucking cutting your arm up of barbed wire for no reason. But in, in situations like this, I love those type of matches because you had a story where two guys just hated each other so much where one fucking went to the man's house and stood over his child's crib and fucking was 
sing his catchphrases and put a he put his shirt on his child um in his crib absolutely phenomenal made him so mad to where he they just absolutely beat the shit out of each other in their match and the match had technically they were botches but the awesome type where you had barbed wire coming loose and snagging hangman in the face little shit like that made the match even cooler man i just love the intensity of it i love the story that built up to it man and i love how they did that feud man and as of tonight they are actually continuing it looks by it which is awesome but i love the way they did it man at that point they had two matches swerved the up-and-coming star won both man and hangman looked absolutely fine man i thought they did the story phenomenally i think it is AEW's most valuable story of that they told this year, man. I think it did the most for everybody involved, man. It made Hangman look great again to a point where, even in that feud, Swerve was telling him that he lost his edge, man, and he gained it back in that feud. And Swerve was an up-and-coming star in that feud, and he was made to look hot. And he won the feud up to that point until it was just continued tonight. And it was phenomenal, man. The match was absolutely amazing, man. And it's my runner-up, man. But my winner is Sami Zayn at the Elimination Chamber. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Logan put an interesting comment. He says, I remember before Triple H took over, you guys were talking about stopping your coverage on WWE and going going straight AEW. Bro, Yeah. when Vince took back over earlier in the year and you can start to see it on their television... I was genuinely about to be done because after the taste of bloodline that triple H gave us, there's no way I could go back to watching an an all Vince product ever again. There's no way because we've reached, you know, like great fucking peaks in his, in his booking. And to go back to that, I I didn't know if I would have been able to do it again. I really don't. But, um, so those are your winners for us for match of the year. Uh, my match of the year. Oh, also, I know I talked a lot about how much emotion was in the Sammy and Roman match. Don't get it twisted in terms of the match quality. The match was a fucking banger. Let's. I don't want any misconstruing there. Um, the match itself, w- w- like in ring too, was fucking amazing. Absolute match of the year, bar none. Um, oh yeah. Yes, there was that point too. There was that point. Uh, yeah, that was that was bad. That was bad before SummerSlam 2022 as well. Ugh, it and look where we are now, man. They're they're as hot as ever. They got CM Punk back. What the fuck has happened? Yeah, man. They made main event Jey Uso work. Fuck. <sighs> they fucking turned Roman Reigns into the fucking greatest final boss ever. Um. So. <laughs> Yes, my match of the year goes to Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns from Elimination Chamber with my runner-up going to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens from the uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos from WrestleMania 39 with Sir Kay's uh, going to Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns from Elimination Chamber and Hangman versus Swerve from Full Gear. Next up, man, here are your nominees for show of the year. Here are the 10 nominees for shows for show of the year. Starting off, we have Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, WrestleMania 39, Backlash, Night of Champions, 
Double or nothing, Forbidden Door, Money in the Bank, All In, and Survivor Series War Games. All all great shows. All great shows. Some ego fest, but still turned out good in ring quality. But um with that, with that man, my winner for show of the year goes to none other than the Elimination Chamber. I love this show. Um, obviously, we just talked about it with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Um, uh, that main event, uh, as well as the United States Championship um, Chamber match, um, was absolutely unforgettable. It was an unforgettable night, unforgettable atmosphere, and it was just amazing. It was uh, it was absolutely amazing. I love this show. This show. This show, like I said, in a lot of ways was my WrestleMania, man, because of the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns main event, man. Um, that was that was everything. That was everything that that was everything I wanted to see. That was what I thought that we built up to, and that was the story I was just head over heels for, man. That, uh, like I said, mixed with that U.S. title, uh, Chamber, man. Awesome show, awesome atmosphere loved loved elimination chamber from this year man and my runner-up goes to wrestlemania 39 i say this all the time but i am just over the moon that triple h brought back the wrestlemania hype because Mm -hmm. god wrestlemanias are fucking so fun man they're so fun to watch now um they are i mean you look at roman reigns versus cody rhodes for um it, it, that main event of WrestleMania, we talked about it on Monday. When's the last time, you know, a, a WrestleMania main event was a legit match of the year contender? Um, that match was like equivalent to watching a game seven of of your favorite sports team um against whoever. But, um, dude. Yes, it was like watching a Game 7, dude. It really was. Uh, Cody and Roman, Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. You had Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and uh, the Usos. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, Amazing fucking matches. Even those showcase matches were really, really fun. Um, Just awesome. Awesome. I loved WrestleMania this year. And it uh, definitely, definitely gets the runner-up spot for uh, my show of the year. Definitely, man, and your runner-up is my winner, man. I mean, WrestleMania, dog. WrestleMania is on this list, first of all, and that's it. That 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 fact in itself is what drove it up so much, man. I mean, it felt like WrestleMania. I was excited for the show. I was excited for most of the matches. I was excited for both nights. Um, it was crazy to think, man, and both nights were good and enjoyable. And that's just crazy, man. From the the tag match, uh, KO and Uso, KO Sammy and Usos, man, to the night two main event, Roman and Cody, phenomenal, phenomenal all around, man. Um, Cody having his biggest moment, and although his biggest moment, his biggest dream did not come true, it was still awesome, nonetheless, man. Um, and they just I, WrestleMania was a joy to watch both nights and it was a joy to be yeah. built to and i really liked it man and i think it was their best produced show 
they did this year, man. And that's crazy in itself Wild. to think about. Wild as hell. My yeah. runner-up. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. We've mm-hmm. been doing these year-end awards for four years. Have you ever even considered WrestleMania for a show or runner-up to show of the year? I don't think so. I might have thought about one of the night ones that happened because I remember all the night ones used to be pretty pretty solid and decent right. and good. But like, no, not not truly thought exactly. about that till the year, man. That's that's one of the main reasons why it's my winner. It's because it's such a shift in in fucking events, man. It really is. For my runner up, man. Com- personal bias completely into this vault, man, without a shame in my heart. Survivor Series War Games. I mean, come on, man. That whole weekend, um, building up to that, that night, phenomenal, man. Not only did you have the CM Punk return, you had the Randy Orton return. You had all of us hanging out, laughing from the parking lot to in the arena, back to the parking lot. Absolutely phenomenal, man. Weekend of the year, and it ended up being one of my shows of the year because of that man have to give it to survivor series war games for that runner-up absolutely man absolutely what an what an amazing show uh survivor series was that one was really hard for me not to put on the list but if i was looking at something from the aspect of the the show and what was on the show and how i felt about the show Unfortunately, it didn't make the list, man, but it was uh, it was so hard. It was so hard just because of the personal bias alone. But yeah, man. So, yes, my winner for show of the year goes to Elimination Chamber with the runner up being WrestleMania 39 and Sir K's show of the year goes to WrestleMania 39 with the runner up being Survivor Series War Games. Next up, man, we have Faction of the Year, the honorable mentions for Faction of the Year. Go to the LWO and Bullet Club Gold. Those are your two honorable mentions. As well. um, and for the 10 nominees for Faction of the Year, we have House of Black, CMFTR, The Mogul Embassy, The Elite, Judgment Day, The Blackpool Combat Club, Damage Control, The Bloodline, Acclaimed and Daddy Ass, and The Patriarchy. Christian Cage and Sons. There we go. Christian and his children. Um, and with that, all right, man. With that, my winner for 2023 Faction of the Year goes to the ones, the bloodline. Bro, how do I not give them Faction of the Year? After the story they told this year, whether they were fighting against people or fighting against each other, the bloodline absolutely are a huge part of the reason why WWE made all of us feel like children again. The bloodline absolutely fucking killed it this year. Um, Storytelling, like I said, whether it was inner fighting little bit of civil war, whether it was against other people like it was in the beginning of the year, whether it was against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, the bloodline, the bloodline absolutely ran WWE this year in terms of 
their um their storytelling, their storytelling and a lot of moment making coming from the bloodline this year. A lot of moment making. A lot of match of the years coming from the bloodline. A lot of the match of the year nominees and winners coming from members of the bloodline as well. So that's why I chose the bloodline for my faction of the year. They absolutely lit the world on fire. And speaking of the bloodline, my runner up is the group that WWE tried to copy a little, a little of the, of the bloodline story. We have the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day had a fantastic year, man. The Judgment Day had a fantastic year. Um, They really did. They got draped in gold this year. Money in the Banks, North American Championships. They added uh, tag championships, women's championships. Rhea Ripley had had a match of the year contender. Uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor had a great match at Payback with um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And... Around SummerSlam time, man, Finn Balor was telling a damn good story with Seth Rollins, uh, him and Damian Priest, all the Judgment Day inner fighting. Uh, a lot of great stories have come from the Judgment Day throughout this year. They added J.D. McDonough to the group. Um, they had a great year. Um, they, yeah, they, they, they had a great year, man. They had a great year. Um, and yeah, man, so that is why the Judgment Day gets my runner-up for Faction of the Year. Definitely, man. Definitely. I have the same, man. Um, my winner, Bloodline, man. I mean, come on. How could you not put them in anything, man? I mean, they ran this company the whole year, whether it was them together or them against each other. It was phenomenal, man, from all the variations, from Usos being the tag team to you, um, Solo and Roman being that tag team for a little bit to all them facing each other to all the brother um, arguments and fighting to all the fighting between Jay and Roman and Jay and Jimmy and Jimmy being the ultimate fucking goof in the fucking group to Jay going on his own um, absolute to Paul Heyman gotta give the flowers to Paul Heyman too man being the phenomenal wise man phenomenal they ran this company this year with all the storylines they were in, um, from Sammy to each other. Um, absolutely phenomenal, man. They are definitely the faction of the year, in my opinion, man. And my runner-up is also the Judgment Day, man. I wasn't so sure about putting them on the list, but they done the most, um, obviously besides the bloodline and anybody else on the list. So I kind of had to... Yeah, they're kind of shoved down our throats, and they, WWE tries a little too hard to make them as close to the bloodline as they can, especially that they're building them to their own type of Civil War type thing. But overall, they had a pretty good year. All the members individually are great. Um, won a lot of championships, man. Had a lot of cool moments. Rhea Ripley became as popular as ever this year, man, so... I think they do deserve the runner-up for for faction of the year, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And with that, moving on, as we get down to our final three categories, we have the nominees for Tag Team of the Year. Here is your list of the 10 tag teams nominated for Tag Team of the Year. Starting off, we got the acclaimed, the Young Bucks, Aussie Open, 
The Usos Alpha Academy. Better than you, baby. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Judgment Day, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. FTR and the Creed Brothers. Yeah, yeah, man. That is your nominees for Tag Team of the Year. And with that, my Tag Team of the Year for 2023 goes to none other. That's the wrong image. My Tag Team of the Year goes to none other than the Usos. Obviously, obviously goes to the Usos. These guys had my runner-up for Match of the Year. These guys, sure, they didn't have a long run this year um, as a tag team, but they did go all the way. I mean, yeah, yeah, they went. I mean, they went up until July, so they went half of the year. But in that half, they told fantastic fucking stories. They told the... They told the bloodline story. Obviously, that's the it's the it's the big fish. It's the big fish to tackle here. Um, they told the bloodline story. They fucking main evented WrestleMania. They went on to have a fantastic Civil War storyline with Roman and Solo. Uh, they wanted to have multiple moments of the year, and Jay and Jimmy, or no, Jay, in his match. With Roman and Solo in Bloodline Civil War, these guys managed to beat Roman and Solo, pinning Roman Reigns after damn near 1,300 days unpinned. Um, The Usos had a phenomenal year. Storytelling, putting on amazing fucking tag team matches. These guys did it all. They main evented WrestleMania. They are my favorite WWE tag team of all time. And I love these guys. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic for the, the, the 2023 that they had, they had an awesome year. This is the year the Usos did break up, but while they were together, they were absolutely fantastic, man. And my runner up goes to better than you, baby. These guys are one of the most, these guys kept AEW dynamite afloat because Mm -hmm. if you remember at the time, Christian Cage wasn't keeping Dynamite afloat. Christian Cage was on collision because we were doing the soft roster split. Better Than You, Bebe, was the only part about Dynamite that was intriguing. I mean, you could say you could say Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite, but after that feud wrapped up, they were it. They were it, man. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, yes, but... Better than you, Bebe. Uh, had had an awesome year. They had uh, they had a really good match with FTR, um, as they just told such a beautiful story in them becoming a tag team, anyways, man. So that is why Better Than You, Bebe, wins my runner-up for tag team of the year. Definitely one of the most intriguing acts in all of AEW for this year. Definitely, man. Definitely, and I have the same list, man. My winner winners for tag team of the year also goes to the usos man i mean come on they were a part of running this company this year all year whether together or separate and when they were together they were at the top man i mean being absolutely phenomenal putting on phenomenal matches putting on phenomenal stories with not only you know sammy Zayn, ko 
um, you know, all the all the individual groups on said shows, but with each other, man. Not only each other, their cousin and their brother, man, from the, the Bloodline Civil War match. Jay pinning Roman Reigns after three, four years, man. I mean, perfect. You think? I don't, you know, you know, some people might not like the statement, man. They picked the perfect person to pin that man after all that time. Um, and I'm glad the way they did it, the way they did. And they were just at the top this year, man. And that's just undeniable to me. My runner-up is also the same, also better than you, baby. I mean, they kept AEW afloat for months, man, from the matches that they had. But just the, just the funny moments... And just a genuine, just, connection they had on screen was just absolutely phenomenal. And chemistry was to the roof, man. I mean, from their segments, dude. From their recorded segments and then going to all these places. Going to fucking Outback. Going to fucking, um, Dodgeball with children at fucking, um, Sky Zone. The Chinese restaurant. Chinese restaurant segment. Like, they were all absolutely hilarious oh the gym one too oh the gym was absolutely hilarious dude funny moment funny moment um until the matches these guys got a fucking double clothesline over you know what i mean like come on man absolutely phenomenal work from these two and ended up culminating this year with adam cole turning against his so-called best friend and betraying him man and i thought that encapsulated perfectly um perfectly to what they could have done with the injury that was that happened but they thought they did a great man and although they weren't around for that long they kept AEW afloat and they were doing better than most of their actual tag teams this year so gotta give yeah. it to them they're my runner-up and gotta give that one leave so absolutely bro absolutely so with the tag team of the year my winner goes, uh, well, me and Sir K go with the Usos for the Tag Team of the Year with both of our runner-ups coming in at Better Than You, baby. Um, yeah, man, and with that, with the next list of nominations, we have the Women's Superstar of the Year. <clears throat> Here is your, the nominees for Women's Superstar of the Year, man. Starting off, we have Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm, Mercedes Monet, EO Sky, Tiffany Stratton, Charlotte Flair, Athena, Asuka, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca Belair. And with that, my winner for Women's Superstar of the Year for 2023 goes to none other than Rhea Ripley. Dude. Rhea Ripley, absolutely, her star this year has just elevated beyond heights that I don't know anybody expected. Um, Like I said on Monday, man, in terms of what she did in the women's division, it wasn't really too much. WWE didn't give her too much to, uh, to, to, to go off of there. Um... WWE's done a great job with making her almost feel bigger than the women's division, which I don't really know if that's a good thing or not. Um, I'll let you guys decipher that one. But 
In a lot of ways, she feels bigger than that women's division to me. I don't know if that's because of the talent in it or if it's, I don't know what that has to do with, but um, she does a lot of stuff with her faction, the Judgment Day, and she's a very intricate part in the, all their storylines and without even doing much in the women's division. And that, for me, ultimately is why she wins the award because without even doing that much in the women's division her star just managed to again rise beyond heights that i don't know any of us could have imagined um so that's why rhea ripley wins my women's superstar of the year um and the runner-up for me goes to eo sky uh she was one of the breakout talents of the year as you guys could see she was a nominee for breakout talent of the year and dude from last year for her just being one of Bailey's lackeys and the one half of the women's tag team champions, you go from that to having a nominee for match of the year, winning money in the bank, cashing in the money in the bank contract, and just continuing to just win over the fans constantly. I mean, EO sky, I'm so glad that they finally let her showcase what she's capable of because she is that damn good. And I'm so glad she stayed with WWE to get the chance to do that. Definitely, man. Definitely. My winner for one superstar of the year, man. For me, it's Jamie Hayter, man. She wasn't champ for that long. She wasn't even doing a lot of big stuff this year for that long before her injury, man. And before her championship reign. But while she was champ, man, I just, that's what I cared most about, you know, the women's division at the time. That's what I thought I was most promising. That's when I paid attention the most, man. I usually, even right now, AEW, when they have their women's match, halftime, I don't pay attention, man. I really don't. But when Jamie Hayter was champ, I did. I really did, man. Um, she went from, you, you speak about someone being a lackey, she was for Baker's lackey. And she rose above Britt Baker in popularity and I think in, in you know, talent. And um, she became Chapman. And although she didn't get many promos and, you know, time by herself in the ring, man, she was still, still there telling stories, teasing stories with Britt Baker that sadly, you know, didn't happen because of injury. And I just cared most about women's wrestling this year and the women's division, especially in AEW at that point when she was champ, man. And although it didn't last for that long, it stuck with me this long, and I really cannot wait for her to come back, man. Truly cannot wait. My runner-up, I think, has to go to Rhea Ripley, man. I mean, you said it. Talk about fucking star power and popularity, man. She is the internet's mommy this year that's not that's funny but like everybody knows who she is at this point friends outside of work know who she is at this point that's star power and nowadays in wrestling that's how you know you're big and you made it um and she's just done a phenomenal job this year keeping that she's a champ man she carries herself phenomenally she's she's the unofficial leader of the judgment day uh the dynamic with Dom is fucking hilarious, man. It's just, she's done so well for herself this year and is so popular this year. She has to be on the list somewhat, and she's my runner-up. 
but Jamie Hader gotta be my winner. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Definitely, man. Definitely. Those are great picks. And my women's superstar of the year goes to Rhea Ripley with the runner-up being EO Sky. And Sir K's women's superstar of the year goes to Jamie Hader with the runner-up being Rhea Ripley. And with that, for your final category, to wrap up the 2023 year-end awards, we have the men's superstar of the year. Here are your honorable mentions for that list. Starting off with L.A. Knight, Will Ospreay, Swerve Strickland, and Samoa Joe. Those are your four honorable mentions for the Men's Superstar of the Year. And on to your ten nominees for Men's Superstar of the Year. CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Gunther, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes. Brian Danielson, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, MJF. And Christian Cage. <laughs> gotta love, gotta love Christian Cage, man. But um, you know, I forgot to mention this with the uh, with the career resurgence too. But another reason I think Christian resurged so hard is because he seemed like that kind of act that Tony Khan would think is funny for like three weeks, and he would get his and jokes out of him, and then never use him again. Exactly, but he actually kept up with them. He did. And that's just great to see. Absolutely. All right, man. Here we are. You ready to ruffle some feathers, Sir K? You ready to ruffle some feathers? Woo. Fuck yeah. I kind of like these ones. I'm waiting for it, man. I'm waiting for it. So, with my men's superstar, men's superstar of the year, my men's superstar of the year goes to none other than the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Yes. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Roman Reigns. Wins the category for me. This year, I earned a different level of appreciation for Roman Reigns. Ladies and gentlemen. And I know. I know. I hear it all the time from my my brother Logan. I hear it all the time from him. I know. He's never there. I know. This... Yesterday I told this man I hope we're still friends after the after the year end awards and this is why. I know. Just relax. Let me explain. So, Roman Reigns this year a lot of people give him slack for not showing up. And I understand because I would like his presence to be felt more as well. I get it. I get it. I do. But Let's not forget, up until SummerSlam, up until August, this man was damn near there every week. Maybe not every week, but he was frequently on television. Yes, that I was waiting for you to bring up that point. Yes, he did defend his title five times this year. But how many times did you care about a Roman Reigns title defense? Five times you cared about a Roman Reigns title defense. 
Roman Reigns told the Bloodline story this year at a level that we will probably never see ever again from Roman Reigns. I say it all the time. Roman Reigns is the kind of guy we're going to look down the line and we're all going to look back and say, damn. Roman Reigns was fucking great. So you got to appreciate Roman Reigns while he's here, bro. You got to. Um, People did the same thing with John Cena. You know what I mean? They hated him while he was in his prime. And nowadays, people appreciate the man. But Roman Reigns, this year, had a match of the year, honorable mention, with Kevin Owens. He had the match of the year with Sami Zayn. He had another match of the year nomination for... Uh, with Cody Rhodes, he uh, also brought back uh, the fucking lure to a WrestleMania main event. He had another match of the year candidate with the Bloodline Civil War. He had a great match at SummerSlam against Jey Uso, told a great story there. He had a moment of the year with the trial of Sami Zayn. He had another moment of the year with Sami Zayn turning on him. He had another moment of the year with Jay turning on him. He had another moment of the year with the trial of Roman Reigns. He had another moment of the year with, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, did I say Jay or whoever one I didn't said the other twin. He had another moment of the year with, I think I didn't say Jimmy with Jimmy turning on him. Moment maker game changer is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns when he beat, Oh, another moment of the year with beating Cody Rhodes. Um, at WrestleMania, when he beat Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, there's never been anybody in the history of WWE that looked more unbeatable mm-hmm. and more like the greatest fucking final boss of all time than Roman Reigns. And that, for me, is why Roman Reigns wins men's superstar of the year. Again, I earned, I earned a different level of appreciation for Roman Reigns this year. And while everybody seemed to tap out on Roman Reigns this year, coincidentally, this was the year I finally came around to him. And he's right outside of my Mount Rushmore. I think he had a fantastic year, fantastic matches, fantastic stories, fantastic moments. You can't ask much more other than a couple appearances. I know that joke's coming, Logan. But you cannot ask much more in terms of moments matches um uh he was a nomination for entrance of the year epicness you can't roman rings did it all this year you got to appreciate him i see everybody sleeping on him this year and i'm here to put the roman reigns hate to bed even though i know it's not going to go to bed i'm going to try to put it down so roman reigns wins my men's superstar of the year for those reasons alone With the runner-up going to MJF, man. MJF was the AEW champion for the whole entire year, up until the last two days. Um, He had a fantastic year. He had a fantastic year, telling great stories. He told a story with Brian. He told the Four Pillars story. And then he would occupy his summer with the Adam Cole, Better Than You, Baby story, with some more stories mixed along in there. Um, the story with Samoa Joe was in there as well. Um, the story with Jay White, which was kind of eh, but you know, we'll leave that one out just for the sake of me trying to prove my point. Um, match with Brian Danielson, the 60 minute iron match with, with Brian Danielson, the four pillars match, the matches with Adam, the match with Adam Cole from dynamite, the match with Adam Cole from all in, um, mm-hmm. 
Even his match with Samoa Joe was pretty good. MJF told great stories. He uh, got a fucking double clothesline over. He, he, he put on great matches. Amazing year for MJF, and that is why he wins my runner-up for Men's Superstar of the Year. Truly, man. Hell yeah. And Logan, I love you, dog. I'm sorry. My winner this year, Men's Superstar of the Year, has to go to the Tribal Chief himself. Roman Reigns. I mean, dude, come on. You know, I, I don't give a fuck how many times he defended the title this year because what do we always say, man? Quality over quantity. You can defend your title fucking 20 plus times a year and I could give a fuck. But Roman Reigns, every five title defenses he did this year were phenomenal and I cared about it and I was invested in those matches, man. Not only that, the stories he told with so many people <laughs> this year was just absolutely phenomenal, man. Sammy, Kale, Jay, Jimmy, um, all the teases with Solo, the dynamic with Heyman. Um, fucking phenomenal, dude. Absolutely phenomenal. His aura has just increased this year tenfold. And beating Cody was truly a moment of the year that solidified that, man. I mean, he beat Cody in his biggest moment of his life at WrestleMania. Walked out the champ still in a way that's awesome in itself because it just made the Roman character even grander, even more damned, and just even more villainous, man. And I loved it. He truly is the final fucking boss, man. Um, and I love it. I really loved what the, he did this year. And, yeah, would I have liked him to be here the last, like, three months of the year? Yes. Yes. Would I have loved to see him at Survivor Series? Yes. But you know what? I'm okay with it, man. I could live because what we got of him this year, the quality of it was so high, I don't need to know the quantity because the quality was that fucking good, man. Truly, he... He's special, man. Roman Reigns, top of the food chain, man. Love it, man. My runner-up this year for Men Superstar of the Year, MJF, man. It's the same. I have to give MJF his flowers this year for all he's done for AEW, keeping that fucking company afloat. I mean, he didn't just have the title around his waist. He had the company on his back through everything, man. The Bryan feud absolutely phenomenal the summer with the four pillars him and darby were the best part of that fucking feud um to him to him and adam cole being a phenomenal team and, and, and at the end of the year it's revealed they're going to be phenomenal enemies i mean even all the random little shit that mjf did this year with um even though it wasn't booked the way we said it should have mjf and kenny omega for the tiny bit of it we got it was pretty fucking good um, MJF and Joe, really great. MJF and Takeshna this year, I remember that match. That shit was phenomenal. Um, MJF had a really good year. And another part of MJF this year that was really good was the character change, man. Went from the ultimate bad guy, AEW scumbag, to the fan scumbag, dude. From the ultimate fire me, um, calling his boss a mark and telling him to fucking fire him on live television to being the most 
down to earth and for AEW guy they have is just a phenomenal change. That's not only, you know, backstage change, obviously, that was revealed to us, but an on-screen change, it's hard to come by that, turn the ultimate heel into an ultimate babyface, and they did it this year, man. And it was phenomenal, and I love seeing that journey. And I cannot wait to see him back, man. I really can't. And he's my runner-up, man. But the GOAT himself is my winner, Roman Reigns. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of people, I think a lot of people are not... This is the whole entire year. Every other, every other year with Roman Reigns, I could go back and nitpick. Well, this part wasn't so good, but this part was absolute trash. Like in 2022, first half of the year, horrendous. Vince McMahon's Roman Reigns is what that, Vince McMahon's tribal chief is what that was. At the end of the year, we got to see the entirety, or we got to see what we seen for the entirety of this year. Whether he only showed up a handful of times or not, every time he showed up, it was fucking great. Um... Mm -hmm. So that is why Roman Reigns wins my men's superstar of the year. And indeed, he is very special. And I really think people should, uh, I really think people should appreciate Roman Reigns while he is here. Uh, because, man, the Roman Reigns disrespect is way, uh, way, way too, way too much, way, way too much than, than for what he deserves. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we could be getting the big dog right now. You know, you got to think about it like that. Um, So from that to being the greatest fucking final boss, in my opinion, the greatest WWE champion of all time. I think I I think we got somebody very special on our hands. And I and I and I and I can't wait for him to get his flowers from the rest of the community. But from the Notorious Seals podcast, Roman Reigns absolutely gets his well-deserved flowers this year, man. So those are our winners and runner ups. Me and Sir K did share the same ones for this category, man, with our men's superstar of the year going to Roman Reigns and our runner-up going to MJF, man. So those are our winners and runner-ups for men's superstar of the year. As that is going to do it. As that is going to do it, man, for this edition of the 2023 year end awards, man. I think it turned out great. I think it turned out great. I hope you guys did have a great time. I think we lost Bell somewhere in here. Um, somewhere in here, I think we did lose Bell to the uh, to the sleep monster. So, yeah, man. Thank you guys for real, though. Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out with us, man. This is, uh, like I said, and I'll say it every year, this is one of my favorite shows to do and to produce. Um, I love producing this show every year, man. Definitely, definitely up there. One of my top favorites, man. I love it. I love it so much, man. So, for real, man, thank you guys. Thank you guys so very much for everything. Everybody that came out, Pops, Logan, Bell, Man Ray, uh, Matt, thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for coming out and enjoying some year-end awards with us, man. So, for real, thank you guys so much. We love you guys. Um, and it has been always, always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. Nice, okay. And that is going to do it for the 2023 Notorious Seals Podcast year-end awards. And what a year 2023 was for the world of professional wrestling. And I hope 2024 is all that much more epic, man. So with that, cheers to a great 
great 2023 and cheers to what hopefully is a great 2024 thank you guys so very much thank you guys so very much thank you guys man we love you guys please like comment and subscribe and we will see you guys on friday with the news peace Yo, Uncle Shallon, Allen, they ain't afraid to bust something. So what you want, nigga?